vocals and everything. 615 BNA. We got that fly DNA. It's our daily in foundations. And we appreciate your patience. Don't rain. All right, big French, man. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Um, our show is called MC to MC. Uh, my man Foundation is here. Oh man. What up, bro? We have a Let's group stop. called uh, Heru Heru. And um, basically, we're trying to bring back that hip-hop that you guys were pushing forward back in the 80s, 90s, and before that. So just want to pay homage and say thank you first and foremost. Yeah, man. No doubt. No doubt. Thank you. Uh, so um, basically, like, it's, when did it all start for you as far as music production to so all the people that are tuned into our podcast that want to know more about Big French? When did it all start? I mean, it all started for me <clears throat> probably back in 1992 when I graduated from the Institute of Audio Research to become an engineer. Mm. Dope. Yeah. So I became an engineer basically so I could make better beats, make better sounding beats, mm -hmm. you know? Respect. Yeah, I actually went to SAE. Uh, okay. Yeah, That's I was actually, man, uh, graduated uh, last year, this time last year, yep. All right, that's what's up. Yeah, man, for engineering as well, mixing the engineering. So nice. who, who inspired you when you started all that in the early 90s? Well, I mean, of course, it was like your DJ premieres, P-Rocks. <clears throat> um, just both, but most of the producers at the time, um, I forget uh, Public Enemy's uh, producer. What was his name? Oh, man, he threw me off. Uh, Damn, you should know that. I should know that, right? You should know that. My bad. Too early. We so, coffee. Him, DJ Muggs, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. A lot of them dudes, you know, it's kind of where I got my legs from, just emulating them guys. Word. Facts, facts. Yeah, those are the greats, man. Like, if you study, I heard if you study the greats, you become a great. Exactly. So that's kind of what I did. I, I, I studied these dudes and learned their techniques and actually had the pleasure of actually being in the, in the studio with Premier and P-Rock while they were actually making beats. So I got to learn firsthand, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how most, I think that's how most humans get down is like learning firsthand. 30% yeah. of knowledge is touching it. Right. I mean, exactly. to be honest, like, uh, I don't know if you've heard a lot of our music, hopefully you will soon as we start to continue to grow and all that. Um, but the same thing, like both of us grew up off the music that you guys made, you know, um, and we're cut from that cloth and we're trying to keep right. that alive. But the reason why we feel like we're high tier when it comes to like lyricism and stuff is because we learned from those greats. You know what I mean? Like basically right. almost like taking notes from Nas when I was listening to all those albums, soaking it in going up. Right. So like now I just feel like, you know, it just it makes you all almost naturally more competitive with it too, because they they had to compete with everybody as they were making those tracks. Right. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things where you kind of, when you learn from the greats, then of course you want to try to be better than the greats. Facts. Mm -hmm. Facts. Right. Where you find yourself, it's, it's like friendly competition, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Like I used to do it all the time. Like I'd be sitting down listening to the radio, DJ throwing a hot song, and I'm listening to the beat like, oh, I gotta make something just like that, just so I know I can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that was like, uh, see, I'm an MC, so that, and a poet first, but that's what it was like for me when I heard Pac. I, I would go back, I'm like, okay, I want my music to feel that way, the way he can write right. on your track. 
and I want to be able to tell stories like a Slick Rick or a Nas. I want to be able to rhyme, like stack my vocal, or I stack my vocals, but my rhyme pattern, my bars, like Rock Kim. I he like boom, boom, Big Daddy yeah. Kim, bang, yeah. bang, the chain, the rain, the fame, the main, the rain. Mm. You know, I wanted to, you know, go back and you know, go back to the drawing board with that. So, I'm right. so what kept you? Uh, my thing is, what kept you consistent all the way through all those eras of making music for people like Black Rob. Even before that, uh, making music with Pete Rock, uh, KRS One, all the way to Three LW. You know, right. what kept you consistent and transcending and reinventing yourself through that whole period? Um, just sticking to the original plan. Like, <clears throat> you know, I'm from that boom bap era. You know what I'm saying? So when that's where I shine as a producer. You know what I'm saying? On the boom bap. So when the world started changing up and started going into the trap and the drill. Mm. I just kind of like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to stick with my roots. Yeah. And I never changed up. I mean, I can make trap beats. I can make drill beats. But yeah. I personally love boom bap beats. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. my opinion, you can't really make a, a touching song or a song that's going to touch you in a certain way over trap beats. There's no room mm. for the lyricism. You, you can't get the words out fast enough to <laughs> say something that's going to have me like, oh, make me think. Like, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, facts. You know what I'm saying? Now, I feel that I never heard nobody put it like that. Um, even when I, because I'm a producer too. So when I make Boom Bap, I feel like it comes supernatural. I don't have to overthink it. I right. Feel, I feel it more than I think it, actually. And I know what melody to put on it. It's so easy to put a melody because there's so much space. And I also. It's a feel thing more than a hear thing. Yeah. Exactly. And I, right. I even heard about that. I even heard, uh, finish up my point, I even heard uh, somebody says, like, the answers when you when your heartbeat, that's the boom bap. Right. So it's so natural to the rhythm of the actual human people, that's why they resonate with more. Right. And, and, and the thing about boom bap, like, you're going to always nod your head to boom bap. You can't really nod the trap because it's moving too fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know what I'm you can't really comfortably nod your head and groove to the beat where your body is involved with the music. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I There's like a certain thing that happen with boom bap beats that don't happen in other music. Like, I've never heard a trap beat or a drill beat that made my hair or my arm stand up. Right, mm. right. And but the first work. time I heard they reminisce over you, bro. Yeah. The and first time I heard D-Wick, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. these certain songs, your hair's on your arm stand up because that shit's exciting. That shit's making you feel a certain way. Right. Mm, it resonates with you. Gotcha. It's, you know? it's definitely a lot more like soulful. And like with trap music as an MC, when I'm on it, I can do that too. You know what I mean? But you're kind of trapped into that beat. <laughs> like you have that certain time scheme. Like, on a trap. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm but boom bap, you, you're free to go whatever way you want to. Yep. Right, and if there's room, there's room in boot bat beats where you can move around as a lyricist. You don't have to stick to one pattern. You can change your styles as you go. Mm -hmm. yeah. And with trap, it's only basically like maybe two or three styles of trap rap. You feel what I'm saying? Either you rapping fast or you rapping extra slow. Mm -hmm. I mean, the bottom line about trap music is it vibrates slow. It's not a high vibrating music. Exactly. Right, right, right. So I mean, because if you listen to the lyrics, either A, they're mumbled, or two, they make sense, but they don't make the kind of sense where it's like a, a put-together story. 
Right, right, right. Just saying a lot of the same words being repeated. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Not cool for the turn up, but you can't turn up all the time. Right. That's facts, man. That's real. You know what I'm saying? When you want to relax, smoke a blunt, and just chill out, my first go-to is definitely not trap or drill. What is your first go-to? Boom bap. <laughs> Every time. Yeah, I mean, what song did you like go to when you just want to reset your mind and it's like you had a crazy day, you come home, um, put on the record? It depends on the mood, of course. Yeah. I find myself, I'll go back to the original break beats and just listen to those. Mm, wow. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Love break beats. Yeah. So when I want to, you know what I'm saying? Because that's, that's actually the backbone of hip hop, break beats. Mm hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, cool Hurts. All of them guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Even uh, the I'm in break that's commonly used all through hip hop and through right. other genres of music. Uh, me and my brother was going deep on some science about the I'm in break and how, like, it was, a, I, don't think, I think it was maybe Phil Drummond's, maybe James Brown's drummer who kind of like reinvented it. The almond break. Well, the almond break is definitely like statistically the most sampled drum ever. Mm. Second to James Brown's drummer Clyde Stubblefield. Okay, okay. But um, and Peace the President is number two, I believe. I could be mistaken, but you know, if you listen to thirty songs, you're gonna hear the almond break, and you're gonna hear funky drummer drums in there somewhere. On at least two of those records, if you listen to thirty mm. songs. Wow, so is it already is in the DNA of music? It's in the DNA of all genres of music, even down to country. Mm. Hip hop has affected everything. Yeah, facts. Yeah, you look at everything. I mean, it's so everything. Even evolution. You, you could turn on a commercial right now for a car company and hear a, a, a hip hop beat <laughs> in the background. I noticed that too lately. It's like. More and more. You can see a commercial for deodorant and hear a hip hop beat in the background. Yeah. Whatever they selling, because think about it, who they want to sell to? They want to sell to us. Mm-hmm. You know Market. what I'm saying? Marketing. So how do you how do we get that listener? Play him what he likes in the background, hip hop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, we're, that's all we're it the, is. We're in the music city. We're in Nashville, Tennessee. You know what I mean? Country music. Yeah. And, Country uh, music. Yep. But, but what we feel like we, we're experiencing, what I've definitely seen is, like, they got country music kind of, like, in a hold where they don't want to accept hip-hop. There's this big divide. And that's, of course. that's one thing that we're trying to, to kind of break into because, like, it's just a matter of time. Y'all can do that for a while, but after a while, like, it's kind of unfair to all the other artists that are out there that, that bring a lot of talent forth that you guys are dismissing and blocking <coughs> You know what I mean? Uh, so our, our intention how that's going to work, you guys just have to do what you do. Fuck how they feel and fuck if you guys are accepted by them or not. Mm-hmm. Because eventually, like you said, they're going to have to do, they're going to have to come to your guys' side. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You feel yeah. me? It's when things become inevitable, yeah. you know, you just wait it out. Mm-hmm. You don't have to try to feel like, come listen to this or come be involved in it. Nah, fuck all that. Fuck y'all if y'all ain't down. You'll right. get down. Lay down. <laughs> yeah, get so, down, lay down. Yeah. We were just talking about that, that line. Um, and that's what we were talking about the next projects we drop. You know, like next year we got a couple projects we dropping, and that's our attitude behind every project. Like get down, lay down. Because you know what we good at. Like you said, you stick to your guns and stick you know, your gun. gonna see you through. I mean, my the, the perfect example I could give anybody would be Griselda Records. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These guys made it 
by not following with everybody else. They stuck to the boom back code, the grimy, gritty, original shit that we all love and miss. Yeah. They stuck to that, and they won with that. They won. They won big time. They didn't change the styles. They didn't change their styles with the times, and that's that's what we're doing. Like, fuck that. This is what we grew up loving, and why should we change it? Because the younger generation doesn't rock with it. That's okay. Exactly. Our parents didn't rock with our music. Facts. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Cool. So it's just an evolutionary thing. But I tell you what, though, the younger guys definitely see what we're doing and they like it. Yeah, yeah. they respect it. They respect it. Look, it's, it's in the about. DNA of everybody. Yeah. Original hip hop is in everybody's DNA. You grew up your whole life listening to that. So, of course, you pass it down to your kids. Yep. So, yep. of course, they want to change it up and make it this other thing so they can feel like they made something. Yeah. But yeah. you can't reinvent the wheel. No, you can't. Have you, uh, you mentioned Griselda, have you worked with them at all? I just finished working with them actually yesterday. Oh, <laughs> shit. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. I, I mean, I wasn't working with them directly, but I know you guys know about Flea Lord. Yes. Yes. For sure. Dope as and fuck. What we're doing is fun. with Flea Lord, is we're dropping an album every month for the year 2020. So, of course, we're up, it's the 11th month of November. We're up to our album 11. All right. All right. Congratulations. The album is featuring Westside Gun, Conway, mm -hmm. G4 Jag. Um, okay. It's featuring a bunch of dope MCs, and you know what I'm saying? And okay. then uh, next month, we're doing the 12th album, which will be entirely produced by Havoc from Mob Deep. That's big. That's, Damn, crazy. That's, that's how we ended the year off. Wait, they, they weren't y'all on uh, Times Square on a billboard, too? Yeah, that was for Rock America Part 2. Yeah, congratulations, bro. It's hard. Congratulations, man. Respect. Yeah, man. Flea, Flea is a one-man army, man. He does it all this shit, all this shit, a lot of this shit on his own. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, it makes I mean, of course, with the help from us, but I'm talking about, like, the the hitting the ground running kind of shit. Yeah, That's all. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I feel like he's in the, he's in the post office every day, mailing out merch, mailing out CDs and shit like that's all him. Yeah, I mean you can learn a lot from that, man. That's what we're doing, like independent grind. Yeah, yeah, the work ethic is is on a million right now. You know what I'm saying? So we're on our eleventh album, about to be twelve for twelve, and then after that, I'm gonna inquire about the Guinness Book of World Records because I've done the research and no other artist in any genre, any other genre, has released. 12 bodies of work within a year. Wow. What? Hell yeah. Nobody? Nobody. Wow. That's a, that's a grind for sure. So being that he'll be the first artist to do it, I'm, I'm, then I'm, I'm, of course, the first engineer to do it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I'm going hard. I, I recorded, mixed, and mastered everything. Oof. Yeah. Y'all seen it on the IG, on your IG. Uh, all the, like, the yeah, every album is stacked on top of each other. And it just right. looks like a masterpiece on, the, on its own. Like, y'all was in a right. zone, and this is, like, what it's supposed to be. Like, a full album cover. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, things been going good for the Love Mob. You know what I'm saying? I can't complain at all. I'm really enjoying what's going on with us, and I'm loving every minute of it. I saw um, you guys won, uh, you won Best of Manhattan, too. Yeah, Best of Manhattan Award for the studio. Yeah, man. Best studio in New York for 2020. Oof. All right. How long have your studio's been there? In, in, the, in the actual community? Um, this one I'm in now um, has been here for 10 years. Okay. We just turned 10, 10 years old in this room. Oh, man, that's amazing, bro. 
And I had a studio down on 30th Street before that. Then I had a studio on 38th Street. I, I, I've been running studios like since 92. Like once I got out of school, that's all I've been doing. You know what I'm saying? I don't do the job nine to five thing. This is my nine to five. This is my job. This is what pays the bills. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what about like what like what state of mind do you have to be in like when you like thinking like that of be like being super consistent, being super persistent with your craft? You have to really believe in your mind that there's no plan B. So plan A gotta work. Mm -hmm. There is no plan B. So plan A has to work. Exactly. You know? So, you know. I mean, I worked with Flea Lord, and before Flea Lord, I was working with a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? So it's like this is not this is not my first time around the block. Yeah, you know what I'm saying yeah, I've been yeah. doing this. Yeah, your track record. Yeah, your track record is crazy, man. Uh, Thank you, bro. I was working with like uh, like different artists, like Black Rob, uh, on his like most of the project I seen was like the project of the time, like that era was that was like something everybody was looking at. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, now, Black Rob, he's a dope MC. I mean, Black Rob is Black Rob, and you you know, and you kind of know what you get when you're dealing with him. Facts, yeah. But unfortunately, you know, I don't know if you guys know that he had a stroke a couple years ago. I didn't hear I that. I did hear that. I did hear that. Yeah. How's he doing? Well, I mean, the actual story goes, he actually had a, a stroke in the studio. Really? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and he kind of hasn't been the same since. And, you know, that's what a stroke will do to you. Word, word. But for everybody out there who was wondering or starting rumors and shit like that, I took him to the hospital. Mm. And the doctor told me he had no drugs in his system. Wow. So the stroke was not drug related. He had no coke in his system, no crack, no weed. Now he didn't even have alcohol in the system. I say no drug relation and clear the air on that one. Appreciate that. No. So let's get that let's get that straight. Your boy Black Rob was not on drugs when he had his stroke. For the record. I mean to us he's a legend. Like we we grew up on that like woe and and his old album was hot and I think it was two thousand. Shout out to DJ Buck Wow who produced Woe. Yeah. That's yeah. A good friend. I love that album, Spanish Fly. That was a that was a crazy album. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, we got. I, I hate the fact that the youngins are tearing down the legends too. Uh, it's kind of like it's like the road that they traveled and they paved is like getting covered up with dirt, dirt and dust. You know, it's kind of like the bridge. Yeah. You know, I mean, here's the thing: it's like it's not like back in the day where there wasn't that many options, so you always knew what the dope shit was, and it, it was given to you on a plate. Now, yeah, you have to look for it. Yeah, man. There's yeah. plenty of dope MCs and, and producers and DJs out there right now in hip hop, but you got to go look for these guys. They're not just going to be presented to you on a plate. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that's why I think about Nashville. When I look at Nashville, so many gems. Like everybody's a gem, like in some kind of way. You know, in a, everybody got that kind of like everybody's somebody type of mentality just because everybody's a musician here. You know, right. everybody's the gym, but you got a lot of people that are, and you can spot them out, but it's like no outlet for them to shoot off. So, but they just pretty much, you know, sharpen each other's sword by just being around each other at these shows. Right. So right now it's like so many gyms, you know, even in Texas and Houston, it's, you know, gyms over there as well in the underground scene. Um, is there any new artists you look forward to, like, you know, in 2021 to see blow up besides Flea Lord? Right. That's dope. That's dope, man. You gotta keep it moving. 
know what I'm saying? Yeah. For that steady progression. Are you listening to any new artists, like any new artists besides Griselda that piqued your interest right now? Um, To be honest with you, I don't really have the time to really delve into other music right now. So I just kind of focusing on Lord Mob. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, doing an album every month is not an easy task. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we, we just trying to get our album out, you know. Well, it's not an album, it's an EP. You know what I'm right. saying? And both of us have a full life and wives and kids, you know what I'm saying? So, right, exactly, because life gets in the way of a lot of yeah. shit. So doing a whole album in a month, recording it, mixing it, mastering it, Promoting within it. 30 days. <laughs> Yikes. Being, being it is quality not, that it is, because we heard the quality in it. Because some people can just put some bullshit out, but y'all mm -hmm. aren't putting bullshit out. Oh, no, 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 no. Everything we do is definitely... I mean, given that, given that we got only 30 days, me and Flea have kind of developed the process mm. of how we do things. We don't get in each other's way. You know what I'm saying? We record. Once it's recorded and he's happy with his, his vocals, yeah. I friend, and now it's my turn to mix and master. And he don't bother me while that's happening. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then once I say, yo, Flea, I'm done, he comes through, and we sit down and we listen to it together. and. You know, so far we haven't missed yet. Right. <laughs> Back on way. Hell yeah, yeah. you got that shit, man. It's a process. And what does the process start like? Like, okay, does he, okay, he just start on song, okay, beginning of the month, day one, he's gonna start on a song. Or does he just keep going and going and going? Nah, he's just made, well, here's the thing. Before we decided to do 12 records for the, for the, for the year, yeah. 12 hours for the year, he had already been recording a lot of songs. Oh, okay. So a lot of times we can like let's say for this last album in particular, um, no more humble fashion. It's twelve records. I think about four of them were songs we did last year. Okay, okay. I think you know what I'm saying, but they were dope, dope records. So they just needed to be dusted off a little bit and yeah. put back on the list. So we grabbed four from last year. And then, you know, the other joints we had did as we were going along. Yeah. And then once we say, okay, all the vocals are done, this is it. And I get the mixing and mastering. And I finished mixing, mastering the album last night. Oof. Wow. Oof. It got, it got sent, it got sent to distribution last night. Okay. Bet, bet. And how many joints on the projects, in each project? Um, It varies. Like, this one is 12. The last one was, I believe, uh, 14. Oof. Wow. Man, y'all ain't playing. Nah, we getting these joints in. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like, there's different, like, uh, ways we kind of do these albums. Like, sometimes it's all produced by one person. Mm. Like, we got the Pete Rock one, the okay. uh, Buck Wild one, Rest in Peace DJ Shea one, uh, Lucky 13, Hand Me My Flowers, and uh, The People's Champ. Okay, so it's a consistent sound cohesively through the whole project. Right, but then there's there's also the Law of Mom producers, including myself, Ghost Day, Ford, Me Fucks. You know what I'm saying? If he yeah. does, like, No More Humble Fashion is more of a compilation of different producers. I got you, got you. You know? So sometimes there's a compilation of producers and sometimes it's just one producer. Okay, okay. I love that. I love the, just uh, the chemistry. 
because you gotta have chemistry for this respect to other artists, mutual art. Because mix, mixing and mastering is the art by itself. Like mixing, oh, yeah. sure. except for art and mastering. People don't realize that mastering is a whole right. separate art than mixing. Right. A lot of a lot of dudes don't, in the game don't understand that. Like they skip the mastering step. <laughs> yeah. They record their song. They get a rough mix from the engineer, and here we go. That's it. Well, yeah. Ah, it's not a real mix. You got to get a full tracked out mix mm. and then a master. Now your song's ready for radio distribution for all that other shit. If you skip the mastering step, you're cheating yourself. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because your song has to compete with 10,000 other songs. Exactly, exactly. And these guys, the other the other 10,000 that you're competing with get are getting their songs mastered. Yep, yep. You know, and then if you don't get your song mastered, you kind of miss out on a lot of radio opportunities because they hear it immediately that your song's not mastered, and then they won't play your shit. Mm. Like, ah, oh, this song's trash, it's not mastered. Uh, never mind, next. Yep. Now yep. your song is put in a pile with a thousand other songs that are never gonna get played. It's because of quality, right? It's a quality and a loudness thing. Even mastering. Though- your songs. I was tripping about, uh, I always wonder why 21 Savage, his song, no knock to him, but his song, uh, I got one, two, three. When that got on radio, I thought the quality was terrible well, as far as his vocal, <laughs> vocal performance. Right. I guess it was natural, though, for the radio sake, though. But as far as a vocal quality, it sounded like he was in a closet, like recording with, in his muffle. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these dudes, like you said, mixing and mastering is an art. A lot of these dudes go on YouTube and they get, you know, they sit through a bunch of tutorials and okay, I'm an engineer now, I can mix and master. Yeah. No, you can't. Because mm. a lot of times these dudes don't have any ideas about frequency, what a compressor does, what a limiter does, you know what I'm saying, what an expander does. Like, yeah, they don't understand these terms and they don't understand what they do. So they, so they sit down, they buy a fucking $10,000 Pro Tools setup with a bunch of plugins and they still don't know what the fuck they're doing. Man. Man, now you experimenting. It's crazy. I mean, even like SAE, it was more hands-on, which helped me long-term, because now I knew even how to work the board, mm-hmm. which is a whole right. different color animal. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of these dudes ain't never experienced a mixed board, a real true board. They mix in the box inside the computer. You know what I'm saying? The picture of a mixed board. But that's not a real mixed board. <laughs> it's a picture. If you if you sit down on an SSL or a Neve board, you're, you're gonna be confused first, then intimidated, and then you'll be like, uh, where's the assistant engineer? I need him to tell me what these buttons over here do. <laughs> They're all time. It's like a long lost art. But um, so Big French, uh, we had briefly mentioned that you work with a lot of notable artists since back in the '90s. Um, you know what I'm saying, like KRS-One, Fat Joe, Alicia Keys, Three LW. I mean, it wasn't just in one pocket. You were kind of everywhere, ludicrous, with the ATL artists and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So what? Um, how how was that journey for you? And were there any stories that you remember that kind of stick out? Um, let's see. Well, the, the, the KRS one song is actually the first beat I ever got money for. First beat I ever sold. Really? Wow. wow. Okay. On the album that was self-entitled KRS one. He had just left BDP. 
The song is called The Automatic. This is the first beat I ever got paid for. So I was just happy to be in the room. You know what I mean? Wow, wow. that's history. And then halfway through the song, halfway through the recording, Fat Joe walks through the door. <laughs> of course, I'm a kid basically at the time. You know what I'm saying? I'm just getting my feet wet. This is my first time out. I'm in the studio geeked trying to keep my cool. Wow. You got two legends in the building at the Great. same time. Right. I'm in the, I'm, I'm doing, I'm actually doing production for KRS One, and then Fat Joe walks through the door. So of course, KRS goes, "Yo, get on my song." <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, you got this. <laughs> right, these dudes are friends, so it was no problem. So uh, Joe was like, "Well, I'm not gonna write on, I'm not gonna write nothing to it, but I will get on the the, the, the outro and just talk some shit." He's like, "All right, good enough," and that's what, and that's what happened. Wow, what was going through your head at the time? <laughs> Well, when it, when he first got through the door, I was geeked like, wow. And then when Kurt, Chris said, yo, get on the song, I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> it's going to be a legendary first moment. time out, I'm getting Joe and Karis. Wow. Bro. So after that, after that happened, I mean, um, after, I, after I did that beat and it came out, the song came out in 95. I was I had just finished engineering Do Up in the Bounce Squad '95 Live mixtape. Wow! So you was already on it. So '95 for me it was a lot happening. I, I got my first production, and I um, got my first major engineering gig. Wow! Serious. So this this and the tape went on to get into the Hip Hop Hall of Fame and all that. So you know, it meant a lot. That's amazing. Yeah. And what did that like do for you like after like that amazing year? And like after that, like did that kick off like confirmation? Like this is it? Like this is I want supposed to be doing what I meant to be doing? Like I knew I was yeah exactly where I need to be. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So after that, I started doing work. I don't know if you guys remember the Trackmasters. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. who, can, who can forget legendary legends? Right. So I was doing some work with the Trackmasters, and they had me in the studio with Will Smith. <laughs> Word. What song? Hold on. What song? Um, the song never came out. Let me tell you a quick story. So I'm in Sony Studios, right? Right. Uh, Trackmasters are there. Tony Poker there. Uh, Rich Nice is there. Who's their manager? Okay. And uh, Will Smith walks through the door wearing motherfucking biker shorts. Bright yellow biker shorts and a yeah, bright yellow t-shirt. That's right. the 90s for you. Fresh Prince. But this was after the whole biker short fad I kept coming on. Already. You know what I'm saying? But I'm talking official, like he was going to leave the studio and go ride his bike for a thousand miles. Right? Yeah. Fresh Prince. So... In my mind, I'm thinking, okay, this is Will Fresh Prince. You know what I'm saying? If this was before all his movie shit, like, uh, what's that, uh, July 4th, uh, the yeah. Independence Day, all that shit that made, that made him super rich. Yeah, This yeah, was yeah. before all that shit. He was just the Fresh Prince. Men in Black, all those movies, yeah. It was before Men in Black and all that shit. So, you know, who knew? But I'm, in my mind, I'm kind of clowning him. <laughs> Cause I'm like this motherfucker got on yellow biking pants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> grown ass man. <laughs> right. Well, plus you're from, uh, so, from Harlem, so fashion's got to be a one. So of course, man. Like, first. Biker shorts, bro. Really? But <laughs> here's the thing. 
in my mind, I also believe that, like, when I when I when they had me in the studio with Will Smith, this was something that they didn't want to do. So you know what? Let Young French do it. Mm. Now, like I said, I'm a hip hop head, so I got Will Smith in the studio. I'm, it was a grimy beat. I remember that that I had rapping on, and then I let him curse. Word. Let him be himself. Now let's not get it twisted. Will Smith has fucking bars. Yeah, I know that for sure. I know that for sure. But because of his clean cut image, he don't rap a lot of the things that he want to rap about. He from Philly. Yeah. Right. I had him yeah. in there cussing. I had him in there talking gangster shit. <laughs> I had him. Right? Sony was not happy about that shit. Oh, man. Oh, he turned it in. Y'all turned it in? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we didn't. Hold on. How about this? We didn't turn it in. Some people from Sony came in and took the masters. Word. Same. Sony don't play. Sony don't play. And then I got the call. I forget who called, but they was like, listen, there's no way in hell we can put this record out. This is not Will Smith's image. Yeah. He's, you got you let him curse. And then they, they're blaming me like, like it's my fault. <laughs> what you mean I let him curse? He's a grown fucking man. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Well, you were supposed to tell him he shouldn't curse his <laughs> career and his, his image and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, man, whatever. This is a P- I'm young at the time. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about what nothing y'all talking about right now. Y'all either going to use the song or y'all not going to use it. Right. We're not, hell no. And not only did we never hear the song again, I never saw the masters again. Wow. So somewhere in Sony Records is a, a Will Smith song produced by Big French that the world will probably never hear. Hey, you never know, man. It's 2020, man. <laughs> Anything may come out right now. I feel like you it's released now, actually. You know what I mean? And that, and that kind of thing happens in this business a lot. Like, once you actually kind of get in there. Yeah. Like, I have another song with um Nas that I produced for Nas Word. that Def Jam actually paid me for. What? They paid me for this record, and they called, they told me Nas went over budget, so we can't use the song. Bullshit, bullshit. I guess, I guess, because it did have a sample. I did, the song did have a Bob Marley sample in it, and Damian Marley was featured on the record. Oh, man. Yeah, but I'm sure they would clear it. Like, Damian Marley and him, Distant Relatives, came out. Uh, who knows? I, I don't know what Jeff Jam's reason was. That, I don't know what they told me was that somehow Nas went over the budget that he had, they had allocated him for that album. Wow. And because he went over that budget, that certain songs weren't going on it. Mm. What project was this for? This was going to be for the Nigger album. Oh, I love that album, actually. I, I fuck with that album. I, fuck yeah, with that so album. I just assume that one day on a Nas Lost tape, Yo, yo, he's dropping those, though. you know? Yeah, he's dropping those, like, frequently now, so we never yeah, know. so it's a matter of time now. Are you struggling with oral Ready? composition? La, 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 la! Well, we've got mixers for that. Hey, it seems like this is the year of revelation, man. And I might be a big bobblehead and like that, but I just think everything's getting revealed right now, like in 2020. Like a lot of shit is yeah. getting revealed, pulling the sheaf, I mean, the cover over everybody's head. And I feel like the veil has been lifted, man, for a lot of stuff. How's, been, yeah. how's 2020 been for you, man? 
2020 for me, I, I really, really can't complain as much as anybody else, so I won't. But it's been it's been um testing. You know what I'm saying? There's been a lot of tests in 2020. You know what I'm saying? And 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 I like to say to a lot of people, life is not about what happens to you. It's about mm -hmm. how you react to it. Mm -hmm. What's up? What's up? So yeah, we got a pandemic going on. We got a really whack president and all that dumb shit. But you know what I'm saying? But I, I don't I don't deal with that kind of shit, so I don't have to be bothered by it. You mm -hmm. feel me? I'm always in this room. I'm in the studio working. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, as long as I'm doing that, I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? So I really can't complain. My family is good. All my peoples is good. None of us caught COVID, at least yeah. that I know of. You know what I'm saying? What's up to that, man? And peace to everybody we lost that we know from COVID. You know what I'm saying? I do know some people who lost some parents, mm -hmm. lost some cousins, lost some nephews. You know what I'm saying? Behind COVID. God bless the dead. And, you know, it's a terrible fucking thing, but we'll be all right. Yeah, man. We above the earth today, man. That's what I'm like. We on the other side of the earth. Today. Any day above ground is a good day. Man, say it again. That's love. Um, I feel like the same way, man. I feel like 2020 has been a blessing. I feel like I've been receiving blessings. I've been more grateful. Be able to spend more time with my family. I should get to know who my family is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because hey, you can get hey. busy, you know, working, 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 and not find the balance to find out who, who we're living with, you know? So I definitely, and get a lot of music done, you know? Definitely, like, right. going outside and being more productive. I mean, during a pan a pandemic, me and Flea Lord dropped 11 albums so far. <laughs> <laughs> if it, if it, other time, probably wouldn't be possible, like, this consistent, right? Right. It's just, you know, it's been a, a wonderful journey. Well, that part of it, 2020 has been fucking awesome. Yeah. I won an award in 2020, the best studio in New York City. Yeah, so I really... I can't complain that much, you know what I'm saying? A lot of things suck, but a lot of things are pretty fucking good. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a crazy award because think of how many studios are in NYC, right? Man, thousands. <laughs> thousands. <laughs> and, and you thousands probably worked in all thousands of them, right? I've, I've worked in a lot of the studios in New York City that I beat for this award, but... but you know what I mean? I understand what it is. I mean, because I offer a different kind of quality than most other studios because I, I'm like literally my heart's in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Anybody comes to my studio, your song now becomes my song because I'm going to make your song sound as best as it can sound before you leave, you know, out of my door. Yes, right? sir. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Because anything that got my name connected to it got to sound right. 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 Man, that's your reputation. Yeah, I mean, they say it takes 20, 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to fuck it up. <laughs> it's some real shit. That's some real shit. You know what I'm saying? And it basically, I take care of my clients, you know what I'm saying? I don't care if you Jay-Z or if you just started rapping yesterday. Mm. If you're spending your money in my studio, I'm going to take care of you. Yes, sir. Right. Bottom line. Hey, hey, that's how you keep the relationships, man. That's how you keep the relationship going. Right. And anybody who's ever been in my studio will tell you, you know what I'm saying? French will take care of you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'll take care of your music. I mean, I, I you know can say that from my brief experience because I was actually looking for studios in NYC from here because, you know, that track that I worked on with Freaky Ziki, right? 
So I was I was calling around and then was lucky to meet you. Flew up there and and then got to got to work with the best studio. You know what I mean? Yeah. Got to work with you directly and hopefully we'll come back next year when shit starts to cool down a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, you're welcome anytime, bro. That was that was a very painless experience what we worked on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dope. We were just chopping it up. You were showing us like all the dope music that you've been working on. So yeah, we want to come back. Definitely. You work with Dipset as well. Yeah, I got a joint with Cameron that I did with for Cameron a while back. Um, purple haze. So it was a purple haze mixtape. Mm -hmm. Um, just us is the song. Just us. Okay, bad. How was that experience with Cam? Um, that very painless experience too. Not entirely. <laughs> he got some stories. It was a, a kind of an impersonal experience. Like we never, we didn't work together on the song. It was kind of thing. I sent him the beat. He has a studio in his house. Okay. And they kind of altered my beat a little bit, which I didn't really appreciate. Mm -hmm. I was saying, huh? It was, it was your, it was your production and your uh, master uh, engineer. Nah, nah, it was just my production on that okay. one. Gotcha. Like I said, he had a studio in his house, so I sent him the beat, kind of stemmed out. Yeah. When I heard, when I heard the final production of it, there was a lot of elements that they took out that I thought should have been in, but whatever. Right, right, exactly. It's a music and then the song just kind of took off. Wow, wow. So it was like a gift and a curse. It's Cam at the end of the day, of course. Yeah. Oh, uh, as an engineer and a mix, uh, and a, you know, and a mixer and a master, uh, you know, sound and frequency. What advice would you give like young up and coming engineers that just happen to be in rooms like you was in, like KRS One show up, Fat Joe come in, or you know, at this time. Shit, uh, you know, Post Malone may come in and engineer like first day on the job. <laughs> you know, how, how what advice would you give them like that? How to act towards uh, as far as etiquette? Well, always keep your cool. Always, no matter how excited you are to be around somebody you may look up to and, and thought in your mind, like, I really would love to meet them. When you finally do. Keep your motherfucking cool. Because <laughs> the last thing any artist wants is a fan working for him. Mm. You feel me? Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't want you to mix my record if you're going to keep asking me dumb fucking fan questions. <laughs> That's you real. know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not here for that. We're here to work. Mm -hmm. And I'm spending my money. So never fan out. Mm, gotcha. Always keep your cool. At the end of the session, when, when, when all said and done before they leave, yo, can you take a picture with me? Would you mind signing an autograph? That shit's cool because we finished working. My money's spent. I'm not spending money anymore. I'm about to leave. That's your opportunity to get your, you know what I'm saying? Get your flick in, get your autograph, whatever, whatever. Other than that, keep your fucking cool because <clears throat> you gotta also understand, right now, when they're spending their money with you, you work for that person. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So that's your boss right now. Now, if if he wasn't a celebrity, he or she was a celeb wasn't a celebrity, would you still act this way? No. Nope. You know what I'm saying? You have to be normal because you're at work. Yep. Right. Yep. You know what I'm saying? If you act like a fan, like, oh, I've always loved your music and blah, blah, blah. And and, and you know, you know, because that, you also understand that's not your fucking friend. Mm -hmm. You don't know this person. 
You know what I'm saying? You, it's right. not your friend. Don't stand out. If you become a stand in the middle of a session, that might be your last session with that person. Mm, that's right. Or they may cut the session short and ask for some money back. And that's the <laughs> last thing you want. I can see that. I can definitely you know see that. So, like I said, my biggest advice to any engineer or any producer, if you get around the people you admire, keep your motherfucking cool. Right. That's, that's some great advice. That's a gem. I mean, definitely, also, the artist probably doesn't want all that, too. They just want to keep the energy. Right, exactly. That, that, they, that, first and foremost, they, like I said, they're, they're, they're in the studio to work. Mm -hmm. Period. They want something. They want to be able to walk out that studio with quality product. Yep, yep. So once you have done that, then you can fan out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, well okay, so besides Carol's from Fat Joe, was there one artist that you didn't, it was like, I did not expect to be working on this this guy's shit, and then you was like almost about to lose your cool, and you didn't? Um, Probably when I first met Primo. Mmm. He was working at a studio which was down the block from mine, um, the headquarters down on 38th Street. Mm -hmm. And I got, I don't remember why I got called over there, but I got sent to his studio like, yo, they having some trouble in their studio with some shit that I know you know how to do because I come from the school of um, like hard wires and analog gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I can sit and make a wire in front of you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I don't have to always go to Sam Ash or, or Guitar Center and buy wires. I know how to solder a motherfucking eye, a wire together. So that's and lost it'll art. work. And it'll work for 20 years. That's lost art right there. So I got sent over to Primo Studio and he was in there making beats. Wow. So he was like, yo, sit down, have a seat, chill out. You smoke weed? Yeah, I smoke weed. <laughs> Roll cool. up. So I'm sitting in there getting high with Primo, watching him make a beat. And this is before cell phones had cameras in them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? This is like the mid-90s. Flip phone. <laughs> exactly. Star tax and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm just enjoying the moment. You know what I'm saying? I'm in the studio with Primo. And I'm watching his equipment, what equipment he's using. He had a 950 sitting on, he had a MPC 60 sitting on top of a, a Kai 950. Wow. He grind, he's, yeah, he, he knocking them out. Right, and he was banging it out. And one thing about him, he's a, he's a, a, a vinyl connoisseur. He knows where the samples are before he even picks the record up. Whew. Like a library. Right, a human fucking library. So he went and grabbed three records and, each one of them had an amazing fucking sample on it. I'm like, yo, wow, this nigga is crazy. You watching the genius at play though, right? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm sitting there. I'm a fucking sponge in the in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just watching, and I'm not saying a motherfucking word because I, as much as I want to fan the fuck out right now, yeah, yeah. it's still primo, and he's working right now. I forgot. I'm sitting there. Smoking and chilling, I forgot the whole reason I was there. <laughs> so two, three blunts later, I go look for the studio manager to find out why the fuck they got me there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just watched Primo chop up about seven samples. Oof, I'm fucking 
amazed and geeked and I'm learning little techniques. I'm like, wow, is that how he does it? Oh, shit. Damn. So now I'm going back to my studio like, yo, okay, I got the formula. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, damn. I bet you just like reverse engineered all that shit. And it's like. What? Man, that's the first thing I did. (laughs) And then Primo made the mistake of saying, you want to ask me something? Woo! Do I? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, man, just let me get close to your setup, man. Let me just see the setup. (laughs) (laughs) True, a smart kid. Smart kid at the time. Sure. Oh, man. I'm fresh out of school at this time. You know what I'm saying? I graduated at, at 92, so this was about maybe like 97, 98. So I'm getting my, I'm really getting my engineer chops together. So reverse engineering shit was a breeze for me. Man, I imagine so, man. I mean. So I'm like, okay, he's using the, the 950 for the sample time and using basically the MPC 60 more as a trigger. Mm. I'm like, okay. Because remember, the MPC-60 had bullshit sample time, maybe about 12 seconds or 10 seconds or some shit right, like that. It yeah, it wasn't that compact. Nah, but the 950 was expandable. You mm-hmm. could you could expand that shit. You could have about a half an hour sample time in the 950. I mean, just think about that. Even like people like Jay Dilla, how he was like manipulating the MPC, you know? It was, a, it was like... Dilla, oh. Jay Dilla is your favorite producer's favorite producer. I agree. You feel me? I don't know anybody in the game who knows about Dilla who don't like his beats. Right, right. Everybody's copying his beats. Like the lo-fi right now is like the top of this food chain right now. Oh, yeah. Lo-fi beats. And basically, lo-fi beats are 90s beats. Boom bap. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> why don't you just call it boo? Like, you know what? I said, okay, you know what? The kids want to call it lo-fi? Okay, whatever. Yup, yeah. yup. You got to call it something cool or something to their name, to their liking. Listen, go to whatever sample you use and turn down the sample rate, and there's your lo-fi. Mm, damn. It's very simple. Gave them the jewels. Make sure shit should sound gritty and grimy and all that good shit. Hey, that's what's in right now. Even like you look at the Griselda. Even Drake talking about Griselda, Jay Z, you know, Shady Records signed them. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, <laughs> it's like right now that's what's in. Even though you got other people with other lanes that may be more popular on radio, but Griselda's more popular when it comes to like your MC MCs. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like your favorite rappers for rapper. You know what I'm saying? Right. Exactly. The dudes are doing it up. I'm proud of them. You know what I'm saying? Like the dudes really. Got it out the mud, you know what I'm saying? Definitely. What inspires you to work with the artists you you work with? Um, like right now, I'm I'm I I I, I deal heavily on on loyalty. You know what I'm saying? You have to. Mm. You know what I'm saying? If I show, if I see, like, if you do want to work with me, it's simple. I'm I'm reachable. I'm not like an asshole. I am an asshole, but I'm not one of those kind of assholes. You know what I'm saying? You get shit done, asshole. Yeah, Yeah, I'm one of those assholes that like to get shit done and get it out the way so I can get back to being lazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, or just chilling or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But, like, I just did a a project with um, Reef Hustle. Okay. Is that artist from New York? 
and Flea Lord is executive producing it, and I 100% produced it. Got a lot of features on there, a lot of dope MCs on there, Flea Lord's on there, Rasheed Chapel's on there, um, Chris Rivers is on there. Ooh, big pun, son. Yeah, R.I.P. Right. So, and that's, that's we're not, we don't really, not showing a date yet to drop it, but okay. it's done. Okay, okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? It was an awesome experience. Reef Hustle was a great dude. We didn't really know each other at the beginning of this project, but you know. Yeah, respect. There was definitely a bond built during this journey of making this album. It's gonna be called, um, the name of the album is gonna be Reef Hustle for a reason. Mm, for a reason, I like that, yeah. I like that. Man, speaking of, man, what, what do you want your legacy to be when you leave like this earth, man? What do you want the people to say about you, man? What do you want to leave behind? I mean, I just want them to be like, yo, French had some dope beats and he was a dope engineer. Bless you know up, bless up. To, to say the least, you know? absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking legend, bro. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, Thank sure. you, bro, I appreciate y'all. Bless up, man. Right. Yeah, man, we, we hope to definitely work with you in the near future, man. Um, sure. We're gonna Easy, man. Music. Uh, I mean, we definitely cons consider ourselves like, um, lyricists like lyricists that we grew up on so Definitely. i have a feeling you might dig it you know what i mean but we'll let you be the judge but uh, oh, yeah. but again thank you for the interview man and uh we hope to catch you real soon and uh yeah man stay in touch bro all right bro y'all stay up all right bless up man shit man. Right. we're gonna see you from before new year's man have a great 2021 man all right you too guys i'll talk to you soon That's all right peace. Rich. peace peace all right, guys, thank you so much for watching. If you liked the episode, leave us a thumbs up and comment below if you have any ideas on what we can do next time. Please subscribe and hit the notification. MC to MC give you motivation. <sighs> heru, heru.